we thank God for his grace to be here. And I believe strongly that um, there is somebody here that God has ordered his or her steps even to be here for divine encounter. For divine encounter. For divine encounter. Let's quickly take some definitions so that we can um, understand and for clarity. When you are talking of divine encounter, the first word is divine. Divine or divinity means the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Coming together. And the moment they are united, then divine, divinity will be operating. And when you talk of divine encounter, you are talking of God's intervention, involvement, maybe disrupting what is not of God in your life. So divine encounter means the united trinity in action over your situation, over your life. Brethren, beyond your comprehension, when the Lord intervenes, that problem will go. That situation must, must go. Amen. Everything that is not of God in your life, the Lord will intervene this morning. Amen. Let me quickly make three statements before we, we, we move on, just for is of reference and um, for foundation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, Genesis 1, 28, the Bible tells us that when God created us, he blessed us. He declared unto us the first word, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, replenish, above all, have dominion. Brethren, the word dominion means be in control, be in charge of your life. Never to be oppressed. No excuse for failure. Brethren, three statements. The first one says, I have been created by God. You must have the understanding that God created you. If you believe the Bible. Not by explosion. Amen. Don't believe Charles Darwin. Never believe that Charles Darwin that says a true one ape. How many ape are still delivering and bringing up... Uh, Human being now. You have the conviction that I have been created by God. That's the first thing you must know tonight, today. I have been created by God. Amen. I'm great. My God is great. Maybe you have been thinking, what does God look like? Who is he? As you are looking at me this morning, I look exactly like my daddy. Amen. I carry the DNA of God. Amen. So you need to have that understanding that God created you. The second statement that you need to be sure of is that you have been created with a blessing. You have been created to be great. You are not supposed to be a non-entity. You are not supposed to be a dropout. You are not supposed to be a failure. That business failed. That was not you. It was the business that failed. And you can still do another one. You fail that course. That doesn't mean you are a failure. You can do another course. Another module will, will be better than the other one. So at every point in time, you need to look at yourself. 
never allow anybody to tell you you are ugly. There is no one that is ugly. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Amen. So be sure of yourself at every point in time. No, I can't do it. That's from the pit of hell. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Amen. So the first thing that you need to be sure of is that you have been created by God. The second thing, you have been created to be great. Amen. You have been created to be great. You have been created for a purpose. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, My plans towards you is of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Can I hear your amen to that? Amen. Can I hear your amen to that? Amen. The third thing that is so crucial that you need to know is in the fact that you have been created to be a, a dominion person. The word dominion means you must be in charge. You, are, you have been given the authority over everything that God has created. You are not supposed to be oppressed. You are not supposed to be intimidated. You must be in charge and be responsible for every decision that you are, take, you are taking. The decision that you took yesterday, that's where you are today. Can I say that again? The decision that you took yesterday, that's what you are, you are, you are in now. That's what you are enjoying or what the consequences you are facing now. I pray that the Lord will give you better understanding in the name of Jesus. So we are talking this morning of divine encounter. And as I have explained, divine encounter means God intervening and disrupting your plans, doing whatever you are doing, trying to put his purpose right. Why do you think, after giving us the spirit of dominion to be in charge, why should God impose himself on us? Why should we have, why should we have encounter? Why intervening in our, why disrupting my plans? I want to be in America, I should be living in New York. Why is God asking me to come to London? I can, I can see, I, look at this guy, beautiful, uh, wonderful man of, man of God, having a good job, and God is saying, that's not your husband, it's this one. Why should God intervene? Why divine encounter? Quickly, I will give you five reasons and why, five things that can make God at any point in time to intervene, despite the fact that you are supposed to, to be in charge. The first thing or the first factor that can motivate an encounter, that can make God to intervene or to visit you, is when God's agenda or the purpose of God is at stake. Ladies and gentlemen, the world that we are living in, the world that you are living in is like watching a movie. Thank God this is a theater setup, as if we are watching a film. And this film is about your life. And the film was written, the script was written by God the Father. The script written by God the Father was produced by Jesus Christ, by his, by his blood. Guess what? The director of that film is the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit knows where you are supposed to be. He's the one that will say, go off stage, move to stage, move to, to, to Glasgow. Do it. And the moment you surrender yourself to him, there's no way you will not miss your, you, you, you not achieve your purpose. God has your purpose. Isaiah 46, when you read verses 9 and 10, he says, 
my counsel shall stand and I will do my purpose. He, he asks his agenda. It's not about you. Tell your neighbor it's not about you. Tell that sister it's not about you. God has a purpose for your life. Brethren, the moment you are off the purpose of God, God will intervene. If you allow him. Remember you are a dominion man. Exodus 33 verse 19, he says, Exodus 33 19, he says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. It's about God, ladies and gentlemen. Brethren, if you are asking God what he did not plan for you, if you like, you can cry fast for 40 days. 21 days, 18 days, cry, shed tears. You can't see his face. His office is very far. Yeah, you are crying here. God, his office, intentionally, consciously, put his office very far. We cry. The moment you are asking out of his will, you can't get much out of it. But I pray that the Lord will open your eyes and you will ask according to his will and purpose in the name of Jesus. So whenever you are of the, the plan of God, then God will, well, God will intervene. Amen. Remember, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9, 11. The Bible says, God is the controller of time and chance. Time and chance belong to him. Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by who? It's not by power. No. By might. But by what? By the Spirit of God, the director of the film, is the one that is in charge, if you will allow him. The second thing that can make God to intervene, or let's look at the story, some of the stories in the Bible. You talk of the story of the, the madman of Gadaren. In, in Mark chapter 5, when you read verses 1 to 20, because this man was destined to be an evangelist, but he was a madman. He was cutting himself. He was living in the in the in the in the, in, in the cemetery. But when the time was right for God, he met Jesus, and the madness left, and he fulfilled his destiny. You will fulfill your destiny. Amen. I say you will fulfill your destiny. Amen. Every vandalized destiny under the influence of my voice today, the Lord will intervene Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. You remember in the book of John chapter 5, when you read verses 1 to 9, John 5 verses 1 to 9, the Bible talks of a man at the pool of Bethesda. He was just there for how long, if you can remember? 38 years of his life. He was there. Guess what? He was sick. What was his sickness? What was the nature of the sickness? They call it impotency. What is the meaning of impotency? When you say a man is impotent, inability to perform. And can I tell you that impotency is not all just about man. At every point in time, when you have the inability to do that which is expected of you, you are impotent. When you marry your wife, after a year or two, people are looking. When is the tummy going to come out? And she couldn't produce. That's an impotent woman. When you are a man in the house and you cannot feed your family, you are impotent. Amen. But guess what? He was there for 38 years without any campaign, without praying. And Jesus went to him. 
will you like to be healed? And he started giving excuses. But guess what? Because it has been determined and established in the agenda of heaven that he must leave that position today, that day. Jesus said, stand up. Carry your bags and go. Today, whether you like it or not, whatever has been limiting you, the Lord will intervene today. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing quickly that can make God even to intervene by the way, I'm not sure if some of you 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 had in the in the in the in the news during the week, a man that spent 45 years of his life in jail in America for for an offense he did not commit. He was he was jailed at age 19 and he came out at 60 something. You want to ask me? Is it, has it been impossible for God to, to save him all this while? No. It was the agenda of heaven. It was the time. Maybe he was not praying. He must have forgotten about himself. But God intervened. And I can tell you now, they will not pay him for all that he has lost. But that will not be your portion. Amen. I said that will not be your portion. Amen. That will not be your portion. The second factor or what can make God to intervene in a man's life is as a result of your past prayers and relationship with God. You have been praying about something. Don't believe that God has forgotten you. But it's just that it must, it's must, it's must, it must tally with the timing of God. You are praying, God, give me this, give me this, do this, and God is still watching. Don't believe that um, this God is not there. This God cannot do it. No. The Bible talks of a man, a man of God in the book of Luke chapter 1 called Zechariah. Zechariah was, a, was, 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 was a, a wonderful, righteous man. And guess what? He was barren. The wife, Elizabeth, was barren. And for so long that they were old. But guess what? At the appointed time, when God himself, in his agenda, was sending somebody to come before Jesus Christ, he sent John the Baptist. Why? They have been praying about it. Maybe you are praying concerning one issue. I want you to know that today God will intervene. Amen. I say God will answer you today Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. God called Cornelius in the book of Acts chapter 10. When you read verse 4, it says, your hands and your prayers have been now, now, now I'm bringing it, I'm going to reward you. There's always a time of rewarding. But I pray your time will come. Amen. I say your time will come. Amen. This God is a God that rewards. Hebrew 11 verse 6 says, is a rewarder of those who diligently, please, you are praying, don't quit. Know that God can do it and he will do it for you. Amen. I said the Lord will do it for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when you read verse 58, it says, Be steadfast, unmovable, for your labor of love will not be without being rewarded. Amen. There is no way your labor of love will be in vain. Amen. 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 The third factor because of our time, 
Why should God intervene in the life of a person and will not intervene in the life of somebody else? When you consciously, intentionally provoke God to do it, can you bribe God? Can you twist the hand of God? You can do something that will make God not to sleep. That he will, he will now say, look, what do you want me to do? I'm sure you remember the story of Solomon. Amen. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, when you read verse 6, 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible recalls that Solomon, the son, the, the son of David, just realized one day that, look, God has given me the grace to be the king of, of, of Israel over these people. What do I need to give God in return? And he called the people, let's sacrifice to this God. And they started killing animals, <coughs> sacrificing. One, two, three, four, five, six. The people were looking. King, when are we going to stop? He said, carry on. Carry on. And he started. They continue. They continue. Up to a thousand. Up to a thousand. Up to a thousand. One day. This has been recorded in the Bible because it has never been done by anybody. So when you do something that nobody has ever done, God, God, God will not rest. The Bible records that within 24 hours of Solomon sacrificing a thousand of offering unto the Lord, God couldn't sleep. He got up from his throne and woke him up and said, Solo, what do you want? One thousand offering? What do you want, Solomon? Tell me. And he just smiled and said, God, you are, the, you are the giver of all good things. It's, it's just out of pleasure. I don't want anything, but, but please, I need wisdom. I, I'm a little child. I need wisdom to, 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 to govern these people. And God said, when you are talking of wisdom, have wisdom. Besides wisdom, I will give you wealth. I will give you even what you did not ask for. Brethren, your gifts will always open doors for you. Maybe you are trusting the Lord for one thing or the other and it's getting delayed. Please, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Just put value. Put value. Talk to God. Commit God. Let God look at you and say, oh, this thing, what will I do with this man? What will I do? Some years back, I was um, trusting the Lord to buy a house in London. I came over from Nigeria, and the solicitors, they have done all they could. We couldn't buy the house. But before I left Nigeria, I told God, if you give me the grace to buy this house, when I come back to Nigeria, I will come with a keyboard. There wasn't any keyboard in our church that time. So I said, I will bring a keyboard. So after five weeks, the solicitor, they couldn't get the house. I said, well, God, I'm going back. I'm going back. I have to resume work. I'm going back. But guess what? I will do my own side of the, of the agreement. So I bought the keyboard. And the whole church, they celebrated. They cele you, know, you, you know one thing with Nigeria? You have so many people that can play instruments, but no instruments. But here you have instruments, <laughs> nobody to play. 
you, you, you pay people to pray here. So they saw the, the keyboard, they started playing, people started. The following week, the solicitor called me and said they have signed all the papers. So we DHL it to you, just sign. Brethren, your gift will open door and make God to visit you. I pray and I bind every spirit of being stingy to your creator in the mighty name of Jesus. Many at times we forget that God gave us everything. Amen. So you need to be mindful of that. You need to, the first thing that can make God to intervene is when you are in his presence. When you are in the presence of God, God will have a direct contact with you and he will bless you. Psalm 16, verse 11, David says, In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Brethren, there are joy, partial joy, incomplete joy. But when you come to the presence of God, there is what? There is fullness of joy. But when you leave the presence of God, you're sorry you can't make it. It may amount to struggling. Or can I ask you this morning, which one is more important? An aquarium or a fish? Hmm? Which one is more, more important? Which one can do without the other? Think, 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 think. If you remove a fish from an aquarium, less than one minute you see the fish struggling. And if guy is not taking the fish, the fish will die. So why should the aquarium be begging the fish to come? Come into me. Come, come. Who will lose? Why should anybody be begging you to come to church? Say, please now, come to church. Come, come. The Lord will help us. Amen. Don't let me go there, pastor. <laughs> Amen. Listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 7 that a woman, a widow, was about to bury the only son. But guess what? She happened to be at the, at the right place at the right time when Jesus was passing through that village. Do you realize that? It was at the nick of time. They were going to the cemetery. But Jesus intervened. Some years back, I went to Nigeria and I went to the passport office. I wanted to renew my passport in Ikoyi and they, they asked me to engage somebody, an agent. I engaged the fellow, paid the guy, and I filled all the form, and he said, wait for me. While I was waiting, I had a tambourine from one of the rooms. I said, tambourine, passport office. Ah. So I just abandoned the man. I went for fellowship. Great time. Inside the passport office. So after the fellowship, I was looking for the guy. I said, where is he? The guy said, I've been looking for you. I said, ah, I've been enjoying myself. I said, Sorry. You, you may have to come back on Monday because um, there is no film to take photographs. So, so I said, yes, yes. And I said, believer, maybe God want me to come back again and share fellowship with them on Monday. So by the time I was discussing with him, the pastor of the fellowship came and said, ah, pastor, are you still around? Are you okay now? I said, yes. The, the, the guy said I should come back on Monday. He said, why? There is no film to take my photograph. He said, who is saying that? He said, listen, pastor. Do you know that at that fellowship, the lady sitting by you, she's the head of photography in this place. <laughs> so who can be telling you, follow me? 
So I followed the pastor. The moment we opened the door like this, the lady saw us. She stood up. Pastors, what can I do for you? And they explained to her, hey, Pastor Felix wants to take photographs. And they said, who is telling him that? Sorry, sir. Sorry. I became a celebrity. <laughs> listen, listen. Three people were attending to me at the go. Somebody was putting powder. Another one adjusting my tie. I have been rejected. But for the fact that I attended the, the fellowship, when you are in the presence of God, there is, there is nothing you need that you not get. I pray the Lord will give you the grace. Amen. The fifth thing, quickly, so that we can round up and pray. When the Lord wants to activate his purpose in your life, you cannot struggle with God. God has his plan for you. As you are sitting down, God created you and only you. Just one of you. Just one of you. Don't let anybody tell you you look like somebody else. You look like. Pastor was talking about my son. He has his own calling. I have my own calling. Because my son is a pastor. So let me relax. Mm. He will not catch up with me. He will be greater than me. But I tell you, because of my calling, I will still fulfill my purpose. Are you here with me? So you need to be conscious that God created only you. No two of you. You are the original. Tell your neighbor you are the original. <laughs> Any other one is a counterfeit. So why do you want to be copying others? God created you for a purpose. And that purpose must be fulfilled. When you are of the purpose of God, he will intervene. If you will allow him. Remember, the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 3, when you read verses 1 to 5, that Moses was just taking care of the sheep of his father-in-law. And suddenly he saw a burning bush. The bush was burning. Fire everywhere. But the plants were not consumed. This is strange. How come the fire is not burning the, the plants? And God said, Moses, Moses, Moses. For the first time, read your Bible. Moses grew up in the palace. God did not talk to him. Why, 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 why that part? But when it was time for the purpose to be fulfilled, God now intervened. Moses, Moses, I've had the cry of my people. You are their savior. I'm sending you back now. How can you be sending me back to where they are looking for me? I'm a fugitive. I'm, I'm supposed to be in prison. You're asking me to go back now. Brethren, never underestimate the power of God concerning you. Just listen, obey to him, and your purpose will be fulfilled. At any point in time when you fail to cooperate with God to fulfill your purpose, then you miss it. Three things will happen to a man when you fail to keep to the purpose of God. The first thing is that you will live a minimum life. Remember John 10 verse 10 says, Jesus Christ came that we have life out in abundance. Minimum life. You are supposed to be flying in jets all over the place. But you are oppressing in your neighborhood with a Lexus car. You believe you have arrived. No. Why? You are of the purpose of God. 
The second thing that can happen to you when you are out the purpose of God is that it will be a life of struggling. My mom first taught me that lesson. He said, when you want to open a can and you are struggling with it, you are not doing it the way you are supposed to do it. Especially a corn beef. You know the corn beef that you know, that's a key. So when you are struggling with it, my mom will say, you got it wrong. This is not the way to do it. Look at the, 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 the way you are supposed to put it. And, and guess what? If you put it right, you can twist it with two fingers. So when you are out of the purpose of God, it will be a life of struggling. You do this course, you abandon it, go to another course, go to another course, go to another business. Why? You are not within the purpose of God. Lastly, when you are away from the purpose of God, which I believe that as many that are doing what God did not send them to, the God will intervene. Amen. I say you will, you, 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 you will experience divine encounter. Amen. Brethren, the third thing that can happen is that you will abuse your life. When you are not living according to the purpose of God, I will not go much into that, but I, I believe you still remember Michael Jackson. We've forgotten him, but you can still. Michael started in the church. He was a chorister. And God anointed him, and he became a celebrity. After becoming a celebrity, he abandoned the church. But guess what? When he died, they brought him back to the church. Do you notice that? When, and he abused himself, drugs, injecting himself until he died. You will not abuse yourself. Amen. You will fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Brethren, we must be conscious of the purpose of God. And we must be ready so that he will not forcefully intervene. The Bible tells us of a man called Saul. In Acts chapter 9, Saul was... Somebody that didn't know much about God. He believed in himself. He believed in his academic laurel. He believed that, yes, I'm a great lawyer. I'm this and this and this and this and this. And I have the authority to begin to arrest, to, to, to imprison all the Christians. And if you tell me anything about Christianity, I will lock you up. And he was doing that. And God was just looking at him. They were, they were crucifying Stephen. He was there. Looking at, yes, do it, do it, stone him, do this. But guess what? When God was about to arrest him, he had an accident with God. Somebody under the influence of my voice that is not doing the, what the Lord has planned for him, you will have an accident with God. Amen. Listen, listen. Paul was arrested. He was blind. <laughs> he was blind for some time. He has to change his name. Change everything, that will not be your portion. <laughs> the Lord will always lead you. He will order yourself to where you are going to. Amen. Let me close with a story. I'm sure you, you, you want illustrations and you love stories. Some years back, I was, um, let, let me just paraphrase. After 14 years in the white garment, I've been to, I was one of the senior person in the White Garment Church for 14 years. I believe I was having God. I believe I was having God. There is nowhere I will not wear my White Garment. Anywhere, airport, anywhere, I'm free. No shoe. Yeah, I was having God. 
If you ask me to cut my head for the shepherd, I will do that. There is nothing I will not do. One day, one day, I was doing Thanksgiving, and I had seven candles on my right and the cross on my left. Maybe you have been there, you, 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 can, you can flow with me. And as I was doing that, I had a voice. Enough is enough. You are leaving this place today. I've never had God before. I've never, nothing about the Holy Spirit. And I started crying. Who is speaking to me? Enough is enough. You must leave this place. You, must, you are leaving this place today. And I started crying. After that experience, I put the candle down and I called my wife. We are leaving this place today. My wife said, leaving. Is that a quarrel? Did anyone offend you? And I said, no. I had God. Come off it. You, you hear God. I said, yes. Because you couldn't believe that I can hear God. <laughs> I said, yes, I had God today. You? I said, yes, we are living. And that was the end. God intervened in my life. In 14 years in the white garment. And guess what? I didn't know where I was going. Nobody invited me to church. I didn't receive any tracts. No flyer. So one day I was passing in front of an hotel. And I had drums. I love music. So I went there. I said, is there any band in this club, in this uh, hotel? They said, no. We are practicing. We are doing choir riaza. Say choir in an hotel. They said, yes. When is your service? 10 o'clock. You see me tomorrow. So I went home. And I told my wife, we have a place to worship tomorrow. In that hotel. And that was the first time I would be stepping into Redeemed Christian Church of God. So you can see that nobody can ask me to leave Redeem unless the one that asked me to come there. It was God. I had an encounter with him in the, in the, in the I don't want to mention the name of the church. And he brought me to Redeem by himself. So I'll be a fool to leave if somebody offend me. You didn't bring me, so why would you? So ladies and gentlemen, I want us to pray this morning. My time is up. Let's just talk to the Lord. Let's, let's commit ourselves unto the Lord. Let's surrender to the will of God. We are talking of divine encounter. Ask God to do something about your situation. First of all, let's begin to thank God. Let's appreciate God. Let's thank God for what he's doing already. You are still here. You are not on hospital bed. You are not, you are not in insanity. You have your sanity. Appreciate God. Appreciate God. Thank God for what he's doing right now. I want you to talk to him now. For adventure, you have been, he has been talking to you, but you are doing your will. Every decision you have been taking is by your flesh. Tell him you are sorry now. Sorry that I did not obey you. Sorry it was partial obedience. Sorry I shouldn't be on that, on that trade, on that business. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Ask, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Finally, let's be upstanding. Finally, let's be upstanding. Let's, let's just talk to the Lord and say, Father, I surrender to your will. Let your will be done in my life. Not about me. Choose for me. 
Choose my future husband for me. Choose my wife for me. Choose the work, the job that you want me to do. The course that you want me to do. Just choose for me. Yes, help me. I need an encounter. I need an intervention, Lord. Please help me. Separate me from everyone that has been confusing me. Every fire extinguisher. Anyone that will not make me to, to get to my destiny. Father, separate me now. Separate me now. Separate me now. Arrest me, Holy Spirit. Do a new thing. Do a new thing. Do a new thing. Do a new thing now. Yes. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come, in your strength and in your power. Come in your own special. Invite the Holy Spirit now. Please come. Spirit of the living God. I give you permission over my life. Intervene. Intervene into my life. I need an encounter, Lord. I need an encounter. I need an encounter. Yes, come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come in your power. In yes. your strength and your power. Come, Spirit of the living God. Oh, worship you. Believe to her. Come in, in your own special way. Lift up your hands now as I will be leading you to prayers. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We adore you. Father, we appreciate your word coming to us. Thank you for a turnaround that you are giving us tonight. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. Thank you for your word. Father, we ask, Lord, that as many that are under the influence of my voice, that are not where they are supposed to be, that they are not doing what they are supposed to do, they are not serving you correctly, Father, intervene this morning. Holy Spirit, we surrender totally unto you. Yes. That relationship. If it's not of you, Lord, Father, separate us. Every sickness in our body, Father, intervene now. Every area of our life that they have refused us, Father, let them invite us and celebrate us. Everything that is not of you, God, take them away from us. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Brethren, the book of John chapter 15 verse 5 says, Without God, you can do nothing. I want you, as many that are here, and you know that you have been struggling you know that you have been living a minimum life. You want divine encounter and you are yet to surrender to God. Maybe you know you come to church but you are not a Christian. You are not part of what we are talking about. The Holy Spirit cannot intervene. Just raise up your right hand. I want to lead you to Christ. What the Lord has given me to, to, to say this morning is for everybody to be fulfilled, to be great. 
to fulfill their destiny. You are here, you have never given your life to Christ. Or you know you have given your life to Christ one time or the other, you have taken your life back. You are a backslider, you want to come back home now. Thank God for those hands. As you are raising up your hand, talk to the Lord and say, Father, I am sorry. I'm coming back. Please help me. Help me, Lord. Write my name in the book of life. Fill me with your spirit. Order my steps. Order my steps. Order my steps. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I need you more than ever before. Let me remain in your presence. Let nothing take me away from your presence. Let me be at the right place at the right time. With the right people discussing the right topic. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Promise him that you will not leave him again. You will not leave the Holy Spirit again. You will do his will. Shall be well with you. Thank you, our God and our King. Daddy, I commit your children unto you. And I ask, Lord, that you will do a new thing in their lives. More than ever before, lead them to their destiny. Let them fulfill their purpose. Terminate every spirit of minimum life in their lives in the name of Jesus. Terminate every spirit of struggling in their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, concerning this, your children, I ask, Lord, that they will not abuse themselves. They will not abuse their marriages. They will not abuse their finances. Father, your plans and purpose for them will be fulfilled. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. We worship you, we lift you high. Blessed be your name.